owned and produced by Tim Unglesby. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by either radio station KRLV Management or any of their advertisers. It's time for Heat Wave Sports. Sit back and relax as you take a tour around the world of sports each and every Saturday and Sunday night. And now, your hosts for Heat Wave Sports, Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. here in Las Vegas. Welcome on in to Heat Wave Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. It's Tim Unglesby as we roll through uh, a two-hour edition of Heat Wave Sports to get you ready for NFL Sunday. Now, this is a special show. So, of course, let me welcome in my co-host of over a decade now, Mr. Tom Barton, TomBartonSports.com. Tommy other than the world-famous Armando Vasquez, this gentleman sitting in tonight with us was the second-longest-running producer of the show. So we're taking it back old school tonight. Ari Platinum with us tonight, Tom. It, it feels like it's been forever. It, it's a welcome back at the crew back together kind of thing. Wow, yeah. what an intro. I love it. I saw. I actually saw they send out a schedule, and I, I, just, I don't usually look at it just because I already know what nights we're going to be on, but for whatever reason, I happened to pull it up, and uh, I saw the the producer was Ari. I was like, wow, that's awesome. This is going to be a, a fun night. So uh, Ari is the man, by the way, everybody. You can listen to him over on 920 Raiders. Raider. Raider Nation Radio, I'll help you out. There, there. you Thank go. You. Yeah. Thank you. Right. Glad to be here. It, it's been a while, but, hey, we just picked right up uh, where we left off, right? It's been like three exactly. years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Three years with a, with a couple a couple uh, stop ins, but not enough not enough for us. We we need you more. Right? Yeah, I've talk to the bosses about that. <laughs> you know what else we're gonna write pick up on Tommy Barton is uh, football. That's what we've been talking about here the last four weeks, and we've been on the, actually Tom we've been on the last four weeks. How about that? So, uh, you know, it seems like like you said we're it's all back to normal now. It's all back to normal. Running our uh, our consistent show back to back and it's football season i mean that this is what it is we're getting a lot of a lot of hits by the way social media i got a lot of emails uh people are already tim it's two weeks in i feel like we're, we're the colorado buffalo we're, we're two weeks in people already going oh man can't believe you're two and oh i i said listen i, I i'm loving that i'm two and oh and i want to pat myself on the back and and do cartwheels oh uh, but we we all know i'm not going a hundred percent I had somebody write to me, how do you know that? <laughs> so, well, maybe I don't, right? Maybe I don't, Tim. Tommy's referring to the free picks we give out at the end of every Saturday night. And, Tommy, you're 2-0 laying the chalk, my friend. Yeah, I know. I It's actually pretty funny. I had a, um, I had a client try to sign up with me. And, you know, we don't call anybody. We don't talk on the phone to anybody um, or anything like that. And, and the guy said, uh, you, you know, I, I had trouble getting – uh, on board, I said no problem. Uh, well, can you can you tell me what game you had? And this was late Sunday night. I said, yeah. I said we're we're on Miami. It was just before the game started. He goes, I'm glad I didn't sign up with your service. That's such a public pick. <laughs> and I was like, what? What difference? I would never bet favorites. So obviously, I called the guy afterwards, <laughs> right the next day, and I said, listen. I said, let me tell you something. I, I bet chalk two weeks in a row. Now. I had Jacksonville, I had Buffalo, I bet Miami. If you're a favorite, I don't care if I'm on the public side. I, I don't care public side, sharp side. I don't care about any of that nonsense. I just want wins. And the guy was just like, well, you know what? I still think it was the wrong side. I said, you know what? You can sit with your empty wallet thinking it's the wrong side. And I had people actually write us over on Twitter. Say, Tom, I don't know if you've ever picked back-to-back chalk, chalk weeks. I said, I probably had to in, what, 13 years we're together now, Tim, right? I probably had to. But, no, it is pretty rare. Doesn't matter what you pick as long as it wins. I mean, that, that's what it counts. So, yeah, I I don't care. You know, I love the term sharp because for people that don't realize, the term sharp and square it, it originated just people getting a good number. So, for example, um, uh, you know, if you had Colorado tonight plus twenty two, you were a sharp because the the line went off at twenty one. Right, so you were a sharp man. 
you, you're a sharp. You lost, <laughs> right? So did so did the square guy. Uh, he lost too. It, it 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 didn't matter. The guy that got 19 and a half and you got your 22 doesn't matter if you're a sharp or a square. Now, in the long term, professional sports betters, of course, you want to get the advantage or the edge. Uh, but I don't care if I'm on the public side most of the time. It doesn't matter to me. We've talked about it. Why Why are they giving out the statistics? Oh, these are the teams that are bet on most by the public. Don't care. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me. It's not going to change my mind about the research that I put in and the algorithm that has worked for 13 years of my career. I'm not going to change my mind about that stuff, Tim. Come on. Well, what we do every Saturday is we talk college football and then we dive into that week's NFL action, which is – Less than 12 hours away, so stay tuned for week three of the NFL, including the free picks at the end of the show. But let's go into college, Tom. Actually, let's do the college football scoreboard. We'll go to Washington, 52, Cal 12 in Pac-12 action. Michael Penix Jr. with four touchdowns so far in that game, almost at the end of the third quarter. Fresno State 50, Kent State 10 there in Fresno. Hawaii over on the island, the get a, the get out game. If you bet Hawaii minus the three and a half, you're in trouble. New Mexico State 10, Hawaii 3, about five to go in the half there. And possible upset alert here, Tommy. I saved this one for last. USC 24, Arizona State 21 there down in Tempe. 8.08 to go in the third. It looks like SC went in for a score, but that one's being brought back. So... Is there an upset alert going on here, man? What's what's up with USC? Looking ahead? Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing. Well, we know that their defense isn't great, but Arizona State's on, like, their fourth quarterback here. USC should be rolling them. And, look, they will. They have 24 points, and, uh, you know, they had 20 – what did they have? Uh, 21 points at the half. I mean, they're going to score over 40 just about every game. It's a matter of can their defense stop anybody. Arizona State is not a good defensive team. I'm telling you, in the short term, look, this is certainly an upset alert. We're going to watch this game for sure. This could upset uh, the apple cart in a big, big, big way. But I still think SC gets out of here alive. But we just watched Oregon. We're watching Washington in their own conference roll up 40, 50 points on a nightly basis. They're not afraid of SC in their 40, 50 points. They're saying, sure, we can do it. But can your team play defense? Because we know our team can. Pac-12, I watched a game earlier. It was the Fox game. It was Washington State and, and Oregon State, Tommy, and, and both those teams can score points too. Yeah, top 25 teams right there. I'm telling you, this year is going to be interesting because the SEC is garbage. Sorry, it is. Don't don't give me this. Alabama already lost. LSU already lost. Stop, stop. At a conference. No, the SEC is garbage, okay? Don't give me Georgia who played nobody and struggled. Uh, the SEC is bad, but we know they're going to get in, right? I mean, we just know it. The Big Ten is going to be decided because, you know, obviously we have the Ohio State. Ohio State is going to play Michigan. Whoever wins the Big East, is, uh, Big uh, Ten is going to get in. Which means one team out of Texas, the ACC winner, probably Florida State, and, and this Pac-12, loaded Pac-12, one of those teams is going to be sitting at home. Either Texas, let's say Florida State, or Oregon, USC, or Washington. One of those, those teams are going to be sitting at home. That's crazy to me. I think the SEC should be kicked out of the Final Four. That's it. I'm saying it now. Tom, we got to give the shout-out to fellow Heat Wave Sports family member Chris Wynn working over at the Palazzo tonight. He says he's got the show Heat Wave Sports up on the Bluetooth speakers, so Vegas is listening in, Tommy. So I'm going to gain some friends tonight because I bet against Vegas last week. My my free pick was against uh, against Vegas Buffalo laying the eight, and, and guess what? I told you guys. Listen, it wasn't anything personal, but my money speaks, and yeah, that was an easy cash. Speaking of Vegas, let's get it out of the way because it's ridiculous. But the UNLV Rebels now three and one on the season as they go down to El Paso and take out UTEP on the road, forty five twenty eight. Yeah, Tim, it's it's trending on my X, my Twitter. On the right-hand side, UNLV football literally trending. Um, yeah, I, I mean, come on. Uh, the, the question shouldn't be, hey, you know, UNLV, good win, right? What was the final there, Tim? 45-28. Yeah, it was 35-28 with 11 minutes to go in the third, right? I, I mean, mm -hmm. this was a close game. You got out alive, but are you happy about this performance? Or are you... If you're a UNLV Rebel, like I said to you guys, don't judge anything 
in totality until we get to conference play. And I'm still sticking with that. But you could take Nuggets away. Uh, this game, to me, wasn't that impressive. This game was a game that you should have won, one-handedly, basically. And it was a struggle for a lot of the game. It was a seven-point game uh, midway through the third. Tom, it's just like last year. What, what did they start last year? Four and one, five and one, something like that. And then the season went down the drain. So that's that's what they have to get over. And I know it's a new coaching regime, and I know everything's supposed to be different. Well, let's see what happens. Um, you're exactly right. It's it is what it is. I, I don't take a win, a win on the road is a win on the road. But UTEP is not what I consider a, a even a mid-major top program. So they're what one in three, one in four now. It, obviously, they're having a bad season as well. Yeah, they're having a bad season. It's not a team that you should struggle with if you're going to be where UNLV wants to be. Now, they will say, look, we got out alive, right? And maybe that's what USC is going to be saying. By the way, USC, you said they got that touchdown call back. They only wound up putting up a field goal. They're up by six, uh, six minutes to go in the third. So a lot of time left, but they're looking looking bad. And look, if they get out of this, they'll say, hey, we got out alive. A win is a win. But is it? I mean, is it? If you're a Florida State, for example, and you struggle on the road against Boston College, um, and then you come home and you have the ability to beat Clemson, you've corrected things. If you have USC here, you know, struggling this week against Arizona State, because like you said, it's a look-ahead game, and then they go and, and you know, humiliate Colorado next week, okay, that's fine. Uh, you could get over it. If you're not UNLV, you don't have the luxury of looking ahead or luxury of taking away moral victories. You got to go out there and completely dominate to kind of convince your fans. And the sports books, oh by the way, did think that they would have a much easier time than they did. Right. So next Saturday, Tom, they'll get Hawaii at home. See how it goes. I mean, that that's exactly you got to put win the games in front of you. So it, it's it is what it is. I thought Hawaii was in, going to be a much better team than they are showing right now, Tim. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think this is. I think this is another win for UNLV and they're starting to rack up the wins right UNLV has shown me that, that they can win games against bad teams and that, that that is step one that sounds like a backhanded compliment but it's not that's step one you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and UNLV so far this year has done that and they should be favored and they should beat Hawaii next week that's what you have to do in order to be a bowl team in order to take the steps on the growth of a program you have to beat the games that you're supposed to win worry about the games that you're not supposed to win when you get to that level. Worry about the games that are coin flips when you get to that level. But make sure you win the games you're supposed to win. And so far, Tim, they've been doing it. Maybe it's not impressive fashion. Maybe, like we said tonight, you know, it was a little nail-biting time when it shouldn't have been. But they are winning those games. I actually meant to send this to you, and I, I sent it to a, another group I'm in, but I thought I'd sent you, you this as well. But apparently You're I in didn't. other groups besides me? What? There's there's a guy in the group. It's it's a thing, you know. Just, <laughs> try I try I try to stay out of the the fire that could be uh, the gasoline could be spread on in that one. So basically, it, it was Las Vegas media. It's from a Las Vegas media source, and the headline of the article was, and I, I know Chris knows this because he's in that group. Tom, this was the art. This was the headline of the article. UNLV with a win today is halfway to a bowl game. Like really, that that's uh, top tier journalism right there, Tom. That that's your leading headline for today's game with a with a win today. We are halfway to a bowl bid. Come on. I man. mean, he can do math, right? <laughs> I mean, it's math. That, that's what it is. But Tim, it is starting to look like look that it's starting to look like that Vanderbilt win will put them over. We talked about this in the preseason. I had them missing a bowl game by a game. You had them missing by a game or two. You know. And I think we were trying to find a game and say, okay, where's that swing game going to be? Where's that game where, uh, you know, maybe they win. I had them losing at Colorado State. Maybe that was, or at home against Colorado State. Maybe that was going to be the win that turns it. Well, the Vanderbilt game was a game we both had a loss. So right now, I think they are heading in that direction. You look at the schedule here, you have eight games left. You go four and four, and that's asking your team to play 500 football. You're a bowl game. I mean, you're a bowl team. You are. Yeah. You can go under 500 here and make a bowl game. I do believe they beat Hawaii. I think they could beat Nevada, even on the road. Okay. I think they still lose to Colorado State, probably lose to Fresno State. New Mexico is a winnable game. That's three. Wyoming's going to crush them. 
I think they lose to Air Force, actually. And San Jose's a winnable game. They have four winnable games left. And they only have to win three. So I think that they are heading in the right direction. The problem is, is that games like next week against Hawaii, in a game that you should win, this is usually the letdown spot. Correct. And you're right. Hawaii is not as good as we thought they were going to be. Nevada looks absolutely atrocious. That's uh, Vanderbilt, bottom bottom barrel SEC. So the wins are wins. Can't take them away. They, they did what they had to do. It's just uh, I think the quality of win is what's going to come down to. And you're right, Tom. If you don't go 2-0 and in the next two games, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You you have to you have to really be streaking to a point where when you get into the Colorado State, Fresno State, New Mexico, Wyoming, Air Force stretch, you only really have to walk away with one win. Because you don't want to look, even though I do think that they can beat San Jose State last game at home, I think they could win that game. You don't want that game to be reliant upon it. Because at that point, oh by the way, you would have like you know a five or six game losing streak. So you have to think about the mentality also. Don't mess around. Don't screw it up. Just just get it done. Where do you so where should we start, Tom? Do you want to start with the, the big topic of the day? Or do you want to get out of the way this uh, what a what a game we just ended actually between number six and number nine, Ohio State Notre Dame. Or do you want to start with Prime Time, man? No, let's start with Mr. Sanders. I will not call him Coach Prime. He has not earned that. Uh, we'll yes. start with Mr. Sanders. The loudmouth, the overratedness, the, the disrespectful Deion Sanders. Um, oh. Got shut up? I'll, I'll set it up, Tom. I'll set it up. Uh, win last week they shouldn't have gotten against Colorado State. They they survived and came through, and all you heard about was uh, this is the year, right? They they Against all odds, Coach Prime and blah, blah, blah. What can they do against Oregon and Outson? Number 10, Oregon 42, Tommy. Number 19, Colorado 6. And that was they – should, they should have been shut out in this game, to tell you the truth. So, But you look at – you look at teams sometimes, Tim, and oftentimes, and players as well, and we say it here all the time, and I say this all the time, it's not his fault, but I don't like this guy because of A, B, and C, right? Or I don't like this team because of A, B, and C. And usually it's because the fans are too loud, uh, the, the fans are too boisterous, or the media hypes them up, or whatever. That was my problem with Aaron Rodgers and his one ring. Oh, the greatest of all time. He can walk on water. Let's be real. You know, that was... Uh, my problem with, with a lot of players, it generally happens, but it also happens with teams that they get overextended, out past their skis, whatever you want to talk about, a, a coach. And, and I always say, you know, it's not his fault, but I don't like him because of A, B, and C. Right? I don't, I don't like him because I, I don't like how it produced. The world started turning on Deion Sanders because of Deion Sanders. It started turning on his son because of his son's actions. Make no mistake, this was a absolute statement. And if you listened to uh, the, the Oregon head coach at the half, he said, I hope all the people that have been watching the last three weeks are watching this because he wanted to prove a point. Dion, you may be a loud mouth. You might have a bunch of rappers and, and TikTok stars and all that sitting on your sidelines. But what you can't do is fake good coaching. Dion Sanders is not a good football coach, period, the end. Deion Sanders can recruit? Absolutely. Deion Sanders can sell sunglasses? Absolutely. Deion Sanders can fool the media and get their eyes on them? Yeah, why? Because the media is only there to get ratings and everybody's enthralled with an entertainer. Deion Sanders is an entertainer, maybe to the likes that we've never seen in sports. But he's not a good football coach. And he got absolutely and utterly outcoached today. I spoke to a coach this week, Tim. He said, if you watch the Nebraska game, they put the game plan together that Shadir Sanders cannot get run out of the pocket. He cannot get rattled in that pocket. He doesn't know how to stand in there. He doesn't know how to take pressure. He doesn't know how to throw when he's under duress. Okay? They they knew that. Nebraska did it, but by the time they figured it out, their defense was already spent. But there were certain positions and certain times or, or when you watch that tape that it was pretty evident. That's all Oregon did today. Oregon was in his face, and he wilted to the moment. 
Shadir Sanders' Heisman Trophy campaign or whatever the nonsense that was, it's over. Colorado's national championship talk, whatever nonsense that was, it's over. And it shouldn't have ever been a thing. We had them at three and a half wins, according to the Lions makers. And basically, we were sitting there talking about them like we are talking about UNLV. Where, hey, if they get to a bowl game, it's a pretty great season, right? That's what you want to see. You want to see development. But it was Dion that started to say his son should be a first-round draft pick. Dion's camp that put out, yeah, let's talk about a Heisman. Dion's camp that wanted to put out national championship vibes when he knew he had to play Oregon, when he knew he had to play USC, when he knew the schedule in front of him was not going to lend to that. So when the inevitable falls like happened today, then people that have watched football are going to say exactly. And it's not just that we don't like that he was elevated too quickly or the team was overhyped, which is all true. It's also the disrespectful, horrific nature of the idea. And don't tell me, I've seen people out there on on social media, it's a race thing. The kid that stepped on the O in Eugene, Oregon today and wiped his feet on the O in the middle of the field, he was a white kid on Colorado, guys, right? So he made it personal. Don't sit back and say this is a a race thing. This is a respect against disrespect thing. This is exactly what we heard the Oregon coach say before time. This is wins against clicks. Colorado's getting clicks, Colorado's getting views, Colorado's entertainment, and they are very entertaining. But they're not a good football team, and they're a team that you start to look at their schedule, Tim, and you go, ooh, this could get ugly. This week, we all sort of knew, anybody that watched football sort of knew they were going to get boat raced, right? Next week, USC. After that, at Arizona State, who, oh, by the way, is playing USC really well, I don't think that that's a layup win there for Colorado. Uh, Stanford, okay, probably get a win against Stanford. At UCLA, you're not winning that game. Oregon State, 14th-ranked team in the country, probably not winning that game. Maybe you beat Arizona at home. Washington State, you're not going up uh, to to Pullman and winning that. You're not beating Utah. They have two more wins on their schedule here, as, as far as I'm concerned. Two more wins on their schedule. Could they squeeze out three and get to a bowl game? Sure. Tim, would it shock you if they didn't win another game? No. Exposed, right? How about today? They're exposed, but are they really? I mean, we knew that who they were. They almost lost to Colorado State. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if, you know, and I've heard people, I'm not jumping on you, Tim, okay? But I am a little bit, just because you used that word. And I know you used it because you've heard it all day. People, oh, Dion was exposed. No, he wasn't exposed. We knew it. He was walking around exposed. I mean, we knew who Dion was. Anybody that watched football and watched the tape, said, this team's a fraud. The quarterback's a fraud. The team's a fraud. They can't block up front. They can't. Uh, they, they do not change their uh, offensive positioning. The, the, the entire team's a fraud. And they were a fraud coming in. And I, when I use the word fraud, that is being a playoff team, being a national championship team. Are they a possible bowl team? Sure. Absolutely. And a loss in Eugene, Oregon doesn't change that today. They are a fringe bowl team. But they are certainly, you use the word exposed. I don't think we could use that because nobody that I take serious really thought anything of them in the first place. They're better than they were last year. That, that should be the improvement right there. And, and can they be better in the future with the way that Dion recruits? Absolutely. But Is Dion you know, staying come, when his son leaves? I think so. I, think so. Unless, well, I don't know. What, what, what we know about Dion Sanders' history is he makes – all of these uh, grandstanding conversations to recruits that come, and he wants to talk about, you know, being part of historically black colleges and trying to take care of them. What about the black kids that you guys, you you just up and left? Because he's done it now twice, Tim. Two different colleges, he has left kids that he said, "I'll be there for a full commitment. I will be there. Come to this school. I'm going to be there for you." And up and left. So, do uh, I think that Deion Sanders cares about Sanders? Dion and his sons? Yeah, I do. Do I think Dion Sanders cares about those kids? We know that he doesn't because he's left two programs already. So I don't know if he's there that that long. I, I'd be stunned if Dion was coaching Colorado in, let's say, 2030. No, he won't be. I think he's gone, too. I, if his son, what is his son, a senior? 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he'll be there next year. His son transferred there after he already had made that decision, but wh- whether or not that was decided upon in private, I don't know. But I think he'll be there next year. But whoever comes calling How long more do you money, give him, Tim? How long uh, do you d- give him? You, 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 okay, so you're saying definitely not – you're not saying uh, seven years, right? That would be, I guess that's seven years. You're not saying right. seven years. Do you give him five? Does he give you five seasons? It would depend on who's coming calling. Somebody's somebody. That's the thing, right, Tom? Is you you talk about how exposed he is as a head coach, but how good he is as a recruiter. One of the top schools will come calling because they'll want the clicks, they'll want the uh, publicity, and they'll come with a with a a sweet money making deal that that'll get him to leave. I mean, Colorado's got to enjoy it while they can. Is this long term? Absolutely not. But it, it for for the present, it's good for Colorado. It's good for the Buffalo faithful, but. The, the true hardcores really know that, like you said, do I see him there in five years? Probably not. Two years, Tim. Uh, yeah, Year three is probably coaching the Gators because Napier's showing that he can't win. Yeah. I mean, they they have an open checkbook too, Tommy. So. They are, he already threw Florida State under the bus multiple times. You know, so th- those those ties are severed. What is he? He's a great um, – he sets the storylines up to where, you know, he plays his cards. So why wouldn't he talk about Florida State thinking that maybe Florida is an option and then he already walks into a built-in, let's restore this rivalry, right, Tommy? He's guy, the guy's not stupid, but uh, he, Tim, I don't he's, know. Tim, you know what he is? I know we're, we're both wrestling fans. He's the WWE superstar that comes on the mic every week, talks about how great he, his, he, he is, how much he wins, and we watch every week, and he loses. Yeah. Every now and then, he'll win like a tag team match, something like that. And you go, you got no gold, you got nothing around your belt. You're not even in the title con- conversation. You're not in the, in the in the Money in the Bank. You're not in the cage. You're not in any any main shows. But man, are you talking a big game? And people buy into that. They buy T-shirts. They enjoy. They give the guy a round of applause. It's Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders yeah. should just hook up with Vince McMahon at this point. He's the Miz. Yeah, well, but the Miz has championships. (laughs) At least he's got a future to lean on, you know? He's like, you know, Dolph Ziggler was just let go. He's Dolph Ziggler. There you go. Oregon 42, Colorado 6. And like Tommy said, the, the road does not get easier next week as Colorado USC will match up. What's the line on that one, Tom? I, I think it's going to be just under 20, 18, okay. 19. And and, but, still... but the way that USC is playing tonight, you might be able to get that at like 17. By the way, real quick, um, we're burying the lead because Dion stole the lead again. Uh, the, the 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 kid that's playing for Oregon, Bo Nix, let's, let's give him some credit. Everybody came in there talking about how great and explosive Sanders was, uh, meaning Dion's son, how explosive Sanders was. Bo Nix completely outplayed him. He's a much better prospect. He's a much better Heisman Trophy candidate. He's a much better quarterback in every facet of the game. If you watch tonight the entire game and you watch the quarterback play from somebody that knows how to play quarterback at an elite level, and then you watch Sanders, you see how completely and utterly outmatched they are. Sanders could eventually be something good. They might have to mold him into that. Bo Nix is ready right now. If you told me Bo Nix was a top 10 pick next year, I'm going, okay, I'm buying in. I know it's the Oregon offense. I get it. But I, I I think he just had a phenomenal, phenomenal game. I think USC minus 20. Yeah, that, that's about it, right? Uh, listen, USC might lose this game, so who knows? And people will still bet on Colorado, won't they, Tom? Three weeks running, the most money coming in on any game, including the NFL, on any team, including the NFL. On any side, including the NFL, was Colorado three weeks in a row. I don't expect anything different next week. Let's take the first time out of the show. When we come back, we'll look at that that game down there. It just ended a little bit ago between Ohio State and Notre Dame. We'll also take a look around the top 25 as we get you ready for week three in the National Football League. It's Heatwave Sports here on Fox Sports Radio.
Now back to Heat Wave Sports. Here's Tim Unglesby and Tom Barton. And Ari Platinum with you on a Saturday night as we get you ready for NFL week number three. Tom, would you like to do the in-game scoreboard? Yeah, we have one game that we're watching right now. Um, you know, that Washington game, 58-25, seven minutes to go. Uh, 59-25, I should say. They just kicked the extra point. Um, but USC, Arizona, we're watching it closely. USC, 27-21, 12 minutes to go. Arizona's at about midfield, though. So th- this this could get interesting here. I, now, I know it's third and long. I, I think they're, they're going to have to punt. Um, but it's still, it's, it's a one-score game. It's a one-touchdown game, and that touchdown would give ASU the advantage. Caleb Williams, who, you know, basically everyone's saying walks on water right now, 17 of 28, 232, one touchdown, does not look good. I know he's been sacked twice, but he does not look good. Um, on the other side, look, this is all just, I mean, really, what this is is, is a rushing clinic and just kind of playing keep away. I mean, you look at the stats, nothing jumps out at you here. But USC's in some serious trouble, Tim. Washington, 59-25 lead, seven minutes to go in the fourth. And halftime over on the island, New Mexico State 17, Hawaii 3. Fresno State just finished up a home victory over Kent State, 53-10. So, Tom, Fresno State 4-0, now 2-0 in the Mountain West. But let's talk about the game that we just saw. Uh what a game, number six, number nine. And Ohio State scores with about three seconds to go to get the win in this one, Tom. So they continue their undefeated season. Notre Dame picks up their first loss. But as you know, in the college football playoff, Notre Dame does not play in a conference. So technically, right, Tommy? Notre Dame's still alive. Yeah, I said whoever lost this game was still going to be alive just because of the way that the college football kind of world is looking at it this year you know um i know we don't want to spend too much more time on college football but i'm still under the belief that the teams are going to all kind of shake themselves out i I really do and notre dame has a schedule that it could get better the one thing that you have to take away and if you're a notre dame fan it's got to hurt you is that clemson's not very good this year now they have two losses and you know being playing that quasi acc schedule I, i i don't know they're not done because it's such a hard year, but no, with one loss, neither one of these teams were going to be done. Ohio State was able to shut down Sam Hartman, Tommy, 175 yards passing. Hartman looked good at times, um, and it was just kind of the game that it was. I was stunned about the defense. I actually texted uh, our friend, our uh, our Notre Dame fan. I, I can't believe how much defense is being played. Notre Dame. What a miserable way to lose. I mean, last second, dive in over the end zone. It was a great overall game. The only problem here is that it was also at home for Notre Dame, so you got to take that away. As far as Ohio State goes, um, you know, many people are going to say they're the best team in the country after a win like this on the road against a team like Notre Dame. USC just scored, Tom, and they get the two-point conversion, so now they're 35-21, 10, minutes, 10 and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, as far as the that top twenty-five, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. as far as the top twenty-five goes, there were no major upsets today. Oregon State, I, I guess, would be the biggest one, and they lost the twenty-first-ranked team in the nation, Washington State. But we already talked about that; both quality teams there. So, a far a far cry from last week, though, Tommy. Right? Last week they had a, kind of a mix-up. This week seems like business as usual. Yeah. You know, yeah, you have this in college football. You get that one week that carries you for like a month, you know, and and then you hope for uh, for another shakeup week. So unless there's something else in college you'd like to speak on, let's we can dive into week three. Not Cornell went on the road and beat Yale. Uh, unless you want to get into some Ivy League talk, let's go on to a little <laughs> NFL. All right, let's start with what happened Thursday night. San Francisco 49ers remain undefeated at now 3-0 and zero on the season. That was their actual their first home game of the year as they blasted the Giants 30-12. to 12. Tommy Christian McCaffrey now another touchdown. Brock Purdy two more through the air. Uh, team's pretty good. They're pretty good. Scoring over 30 in all three yeah. games so far. 
You said it. Christian McCaffrey, uh, touchdown in 12 straight games. Brock mm-hmm. Purdy, for his career, 10-0, 32 points per game, 67 completion percentage, 21 touchdowns, two interceptions. They have found an absolute, absolute gem there. They really have. I, I know he's not perfect, and people go, well, he's got some overthrows. And Think about who he is. This is an absolute steal. He's not making any money, so they, they could keep this going. They lose a guy like Brandon Ayuk, no problem. We're going to go to Debo today. Oh, Debo's a little banged up, no problem. We're going to Kittle for the next Oh, wait a minute, they're all banged up. We'll go to Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey's banged up, put in Eli Mitchell. I mean, it, it, it's a master class. The only thing I can say is that they got to get over the hump. You know, I mean, it's Super Bowl or bust for them this year, and, and it's been that way for a little while. I, they just look absolutely dominant. Giants look like garbage again, and that includes a come-from-behind win in Week 2 against the Cardinals. No Shaq Barkley, he's out. Danny Jones, 137 yards passing, no touchdowns, one pick. Just, uh, I don't know. You know, I, I know you love the head coach there in New York. I don't understand what's going on here, man. I'll tell you what's going on. They're missing Barkley. They're missing their left tackle, uh, uh, Thomas, who is the best left tackle uh, maybe in the NFC. I mean, the guy's dynamic. They're missing another lineman. They were down two linemen and, and Saquon Barkley, and they don't have a receiver that can step up. And, oh, by the way, the ghost of Darren Waller is still out there kind of running around as well. <laughs> I, I'm not a big Daniel Jones fan, but my article this week for, for the New York paper was, don't get down on Daniel Jones, right? I mean, look, he's not getting paid. He's getting paid a lot, okay? Four years, $160 million is a lot. But he's not getting paid like a top 10 quarterback. They're not paying him to be a top 10 quarterback. He's not playing like one. Is he playing like a bottom 10? No. Daniel Jones is who we think he is. Probably outside the top 12, but inside the top 20. Uh, but you take away his star running back. You take away his left tackle. You take away his guard. He's going to have problems, especially against, oh, by the way, they played Dallas and San Francisco. You could argue those are the two best defenses in the NFL. I, I think that this year is going to turn for the Giants. I don't know if they're a playoff team any longer. Uh, but it's going to turn for the Giants. They just have to get healthy. And I think that we definitely know in today's day and age, you need an alpha receiver. They don't have one. Slayton and Hyatt, I, I mean, they're honestly threes on another team. So there's a major hole here, but a lot of this has to do with injury. And they just came up against two of the best three defenses in the NFL. I agree. And, and you're right. They, they don't have that number one wide out that they need. I'm more centered around what happened in week two, and, and even though they came from behind to win, they were atrocious in that game. Beating up on the Cardinals in the second half doesn't say anything to me, and Barkley played most of that game. So for me, it's it, you said it right, right people are oh, Giants this, Giants that, Giants make the playoffs. We knew what the schedule was going to be, and, and I didn't have them winning those games either. So I'm not sure what people expect from the Giants. I didn't. I expect them to not be in the playoffs, like I said, and that, that's that's the route that they're on right now. They're they're not going to make the playoffs. No, not at all. And, and I believe that they would. I did. I, I like them. I thought that they'd make the playoffs because it was such a weak NFC. Uh, but again, I should have factored in the fact that Saquon Barkley can't stay healthy. But I, I, I just, you know, sometimes you get to a point where you're going, ah, you know what? Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year that Saquon stays healthy. And he just can't. Can't stay on the field. I do believe um, that they still lose against San Francisco and they still lose against Dallas with a healthy Saquon. So I had them losing these two games and still make them playoffs. There's plenty of time to come back here if you're the Giants, but I just don't like what I see the product on the field. You gave a stat last week about teams that start the season 0-2 and and their playoff chances. What is that roughly, Tommy, percentage-wise? Do you know? 0-2 or do you want 0-3? Because I now have 0-3. 0-2 because I'm going into this first game. Right, so 0-2... Okay, if your teams that dropped uh, to 0 and 2 had 9.5% chance to make the playoffs. Teams that went 2 and 0 had 63%. Okay. Now, 9%. Now, 9%. Now, 0 and 3, Tim, since 1980, 176 teams have started 0 and 3. 6 have made the playoffs. That's under 3 and a half. Well, that's where we're going to start with two 0 and 2 teams. In Minnesota, the Chargers, Tom, the San Diego Chargers. I still call them that, still going to call them that. The San Diego Chargers 0-2, and two, the Vikings 0-2. and two. We got a pick em game tomorrow. What's going to happen here? 
I originally liked the over, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen, but I do think there's going to be some scoring. The over-under opened up at 51. It's at 55 in some places, okay? So I, that quickly was erased off my board. I didn't jump on the early number. Um, there's no Austin Eckler. So while the Chargers have played fantastically, there is no Austin Eckler. But there's not really a running back in Minnesota either because Madison is just not the guy. And I don't know who thought he was going to be the guy that made that decision, but he's not the guy. So it's been Kirk Cousins, it's been Justin Herbert, and they both look really good. Justin Jefferson, Keenan Allen both look really good. Jordan Addison hasn't looked great. K.J. Osborne has dropped some huge, huge passes. The Chargers aren't doing that. But here's the difference. The Chargers' defense is laughably bad. They, they, are, they are in key spots. They have massive talent. They are laughably bad. Where the Minnesota Vikings' defense has shown me at times this year under the new defensive coordinator... They might be able to make adjustments. I wouldn't touch this money if you gave me... I wouldn't touch this game if you gave me money, Tim. Um, I look at this game and I go, I absolutely think if they play this 10 times, each team's winning five. Played 100 times, each team's winning 50. It is as clear as a coin flip game. I want to lean with San Diego because San Diego's the more talented team. I want to lean with them. But I just think the Vikings have a little something more. After 13 wins to go 0-3 would be more devastating for them. I'm going to take... If Eckler was here, I'm going with the Chargers. Because there's no Eckler, I guess I got to lean the Vikings. But, man, uh, I could see it going either way. Speaking of either way, by the way, we may have uh, buried Arizona State. Ripped off a 52-yard touchdown just now. It's 35-28, Tim. Eight minutes to go. USC is getting all they could handle. The upset alert is back on. Upset alert is back on. Brandon Staley's the coach in San Diego, correct? He's the, he's the worst coach in the NFL. Yeah. And, and I've said week, that for three years. Well, Sunday night we talked about the future of the Chargers and, and the ownership and cheap and blah, blah, blah. I remember last year I went to a Chargers-Titans game there in, in SoFi, and I was sitting next to – I sat in season tickets, so I was sitting next to people that have had tickets dating back to, to San Diego – and the guys like said the same thing that we've always said. We're never going to be anything different as long as we have this guy as our head coach. And he goes, and I've said that for the last three head coaches. So if you're a Chargers fan, right, Tom? Maybe you want to see a loss tomorrow. Maybe you just want to say at this point, oh, and three, we're not making the playoffs. Let's get this guy out of here. I mean, that's the mindset. We both know that it may not happen. But if they lose, if they have, if they finish four and whatever, they, they got to fire him at that point, correct? Yeah, you would think so. I mean, you would you would think that that this ownership group, even this ownership group, would make a move. But we know their history; they don't do this. It's not like we haven't watched this sort of situation unfold with with the San Diego Chargers, right? Now, L.A. Chargers. I, I don't expect to do anything different. I think the ownership group is just going to sit on their hands and wait till the end of the year. Real quick before we move into the next game for fantasy. Um. Just for fantasy's sake, right, Tom? Kirk Cousins right now through two games, 700 yards passing, six touchdowns and a pick. Last year he was over 4,000 yards passing at 30 touchdowns. Like, isn't he quietly every year one of the top fantasy producers at the quarterback position that nobody ever talks about? I think he's quietly every year one of the top quarterbacks that nobody talks about. Um, you know, we often talk about, I often have said on the show, I think there's three tiers of quarterback, right? Top 10 that can win a Super Bowl, middle tier, and, and the bottom tier. Kirk Cousins is one of those guys that throws me off because I don't think he can win a Super Bowl. And I don't think he's winning an MVP. But man, he should be a top 10 quarterback every year. And, and I looked at him like that. Here's the thing. You just saw talked about making a change with the Chargers if they lose. Well, I'm telling you now, Kirk Cousins might be on the move. He's in the last year of a contract, a contract Minnesota does not want to re-sign him. Kirk Cousins is not going to be part of this team uh, next year. I, I think they've made that relatively clear. So you want to talk about going to 0-3. After a 13-win season, going to 0-3 uh, would be devastating for them. I think they start to turn around and say, what can we get for this guy that should be a top-10 quarterback, this guy that's putting up these massive numbers? I think they turn around and say, yeah, we could have a Matthew Stafford type of situation if you put him in the right spot. You put Kirk Cousins on San Francisco, they win the Super Bowl. I think the Jets feel like you put him on the Jets, they got a chance to win the Super Bowl. 
if Joe Burrow isn't right and, and he's in a bad, worse spot than we think, maybe he's over there. I mean, there are places that this guy could land that could absolutely take them to the big game. This could get interesting if they go 0-3. We just don't bet on Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, and Daniel Jones in primetime. Is that correct? Yeah, and what's funny is that uh, Daniel Jones has overtaken the mantle as being the worst out of all. <laughs> right. <laughs> Next up on the docket, Tom. Battle of one and one teams. Tennessee heads to Cleveland to match up with the Browns, who are coming off that Monday night loss to the Steelers. The Browns, three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 38-and-a-half. And Nick Chubb, as you know, gone for the season, Tommy. So dramatic changes here for Cleveland. Tim, I can't find one person that likes Cleveland in this game. I, you yeah. know, we talk about the betting numbers. Every show is taking the dog. Every uh, regular guy that I know is taking the dog. Every is picks, I do the pick segments and stuff. Taking the dog. Everybody's taking the dog here. And I get why. Look, it's Brable. He's fantastic. You can't run on this team, okay? So you're going to have to force Watson to throw. Watson looks absolutely putrid out there. Doesn't have people to throw to. Uh, but I just don't like that. I have not met one person that likes the Browns in this spot. And the Browns pretty much dominated the Steelers last week. Look, I had the Steelers' money line on Monday night, okay? Uh, and they dominated them. I, I was terrified. A couple of miscues. Watson didn't look good, but if he looks even a little bit better, and how can you not against the Tennessee funnel defense? We talk about it all the time. You might not be able to run on Tennessee, and you surely will not be able to run with backups on Tennessee, but you're going to be able to throw and throw all day. If you guys have a DFS, you know, throw Cooper in the lineup, maybe throw Joku in the lineup. They're going to feast down the field because that's what Tennessee wants you to do. Uh, I think that might be enough here. Look, there's nobody that I know that is going with the Browns. Um, I, my initial reaction was with everybody else. And I mean, with every every number, every statistic, all that you want to talk about, it all points to Tennessee. So there's no reason why this line should have went from three to three and a half. Watson's numbers over his last two years, Tim, 57% completion percentage, nine touchdowns, seven picks. There's nothing to like about him. But there's a weird feeling out there. And my weird feeling is just, I have a weird feeling Cleveland puts it together this week. Did this line move really with Chubb? Would it, how much is the difference with Chubb not in that? What's the line would have been if he was there? No, Tim, it went it went up. It yeah. was so strange. The, the pre-line was three. Okay? It went to two and a half briefly. I, I mean, ever so. It wasn't even a day. Went back to three, and I said, okay, so you know what? It's a running back. They feel comfortable. You weren't running really a lot with it. Boom, and now it's at three and a half. And I don't get it. I just don't. I can't come up with an explanation other than somebody came in with a big sum of money that's a Cleveland fan. It kind of changed the, changed the odds here because it doesn't make any sense. There's not a narrative that I could give you that says that Cleveland should be able to cover a spread like this. There's not a narrative I could give you that tells you that uh, Deshaun Watson has played even a single good game since he's been back. Right, and you're talking about you're taking a top 10 running back out of your lineup and replacing him with Jerome Ford. I like Jerome Ford. I do. Um, you know, now Chubb, they brought in Kareem Hunt as if he's the answer. I mean, I like right. Jerome Ford. I like Hunt. But let's be honest, Nick Chubb might be the best running back in the league. Right. They're not. They're not Nick Chubb, and, and bringing Kareem Hunt back. That just kind of again, we could we could have a whole show on how bad the, the ownership of Cleveland is, and the front office mistakes, and bringing a guy like that back into the fold. You know, you both you and I feel the same way about that, Tom. So it's uh, they opened up a checkbook to him and said, "You have personal problems on the field. You're three games over 500 for your career. Uh, you have lost playoff games with the biggest lead ever." Right, I mean, you know, yeah. you have crumbled in the big spot, and here's an open checkbook. Be the face of our franchise. More importantly, you're a piece of garbage. Where do you sign? Come on in. Yeah, come on in. Represent our team. <laughs> I, I like. like I, I wouldn't have hired him. Like, and I'm being dead serious here. Well, I, you know, I owned a bar. I wouldn't have hired him to be a bartender. I wouldn't have hired him to clean my windows. 
and, and he's the face of a franchise of multi-billion dollar, uh, you know, enterprise in the NFL. I mean, come on. Well, when you asked me when, when Dobbins went down, you said, what do the Ravens do? Do they just go with what they have or do they bring in like a cream? And I was like, hell no, Tom, they're not bringing that guy in there, man. Public relations nightmare, regardless of whether he's cleaned his life up and went the straight and narrow, that'll always be there. And you can't, why, why should they get second chances in something that they, they, you know, this is a, again, not to, to go off track, but this is, this is a, it's a business. They, these guys make millions of dollars. They shouldn't get that opportunity if they make a mistake. It's, it's a privilege, not, not, not something that's given. I couldn't agree more, Tim. You know, you know how I feel. I won't even put guys like that on my fantasy team. <laughs> right. Out of, out of, yeah, exactly. I, I, you know, I get what you're saying, and I understand. I've been around long enough to, to understand the numbers, and I get it. I still love Tennessee, and I, I probably would be dead wrong on this, but I like them. I, I like Frable, and I think that, you know, you just kind of build on each game. Like Tennessee, and I know we'll talk about the Patriots a little bit later, but really Tennessee, they're, they're such a dangerous team to me when they're healthy, and I think tomorrow – Maybe is this like one of those things where you overthink it and it's like, why is the line like that? There has to be something wrong there. Let's let's go with Cleveland. Yet Tennessee's the better choice. Look, I'm in a picks league where I have to pick every game. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I, I I took Tennessee. <laughs> you know, I mean, I I just did. But I also look at the percentages of people, you know, in, in the league. Uh, the thousands and thousands of people, and it's like 91% of the people took Tennessee, an underdog, on the road. It, it just scares me. It scares me. I think it's time for that top of the hour timeout here on Heat Wave Sports. On a Saturday night, USC with another touchdown. Now 42-28, seven to go in the fourth quarter down in Tempe. More NFL Week 3 in hour number 2. Make sure you stay tuned. It's Heat Web Sports, Fox Sports Radio, Las Vegas, 98.9 FM, 1340 AM. 